The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. We're doing a pre-recorded show today, and uh, in studio with me is my friend, Chris Owings. Chris, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. So we're going to do a pre-recorded show today, uh, so we're not taking live calls, uh, but if you uh, have questions after the fact, you can always reach us at zamzos.com. You can send us emails there, or you can reach out to us on Facebook or any social media platform that you uh, use regularly. But today we're going to talk about weeds. It's a common, obviously a common thing. It's like uh, there's weeds everywhere, right? If we could get rid of weeds, we would have no problems. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And with this mild winter, they are out and happy. Yeah, it seems like it doesn't even seem like it matters what kind of winter we have. Any kind That's of year. True. We- <laughs> there's there's going to be weeds. So um, it's something that we have to deal with. So I think what we want to talk about today is just kind of like what, what weeds are, understanding why we have them, and uh, just give everybody some good strategies to controlling them uh, in the safest way possible and the most economic and helpful way possible because I think that's something we kind of forget about, right? We, we always think about a chemical first, but there's a lot of other ways to control weeds that can actually be really beneficial to our lawn and our landscape. So I want to start off with uh, just the definition of a weed. And Chris, when I was in school, uh, I think you probably had a, a class that was devoted to identifying weeds mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. what are classified as weeds. But I remember the first thing that we did in that class was the teacher said, a weed is a plant, any plant that's growing in a location that you don't want it to be growing. Did you have a similar situation when you were in school? Yeah, I would say almost word for word. Yeah, that is a- <laughs> there must be a common a common teaching method there. But so weeds are, you know, we we often think of like a dandelion, right? It's always we always think of that as a weed. But a weed could be a tree. A weed could be a tomato plant. If it's not growing in your garden, if it's growing in your lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, a weird place for a tomato to show up but if it's growing in your lawn then it's a weed because you don't really want it to grow there so so weeds have a a broader definition than we typically think of but uh the other thing uh i want to do here is just kind of 
lay out like some of the commonalities like uh i don't know i'm thinking of like uh, the thing that i we come up across all the time is like a difference in how we talk about certain things so i think there's kind of an industry standard that we tend to use and there's a kind of a, a, a words that homeowners use that's just a little bit different so i want to kind of throw some of those things out and, uh, and just talk about some of the types of weeds that we deal with. So the first one uh, that's really common, I mean, you know, it's probably one of the more common ones, I guess, is what we would call a broadleaf weed. So I was wondering, Chris, could you kind of just briefly explain what a broadleaf weed is? Yeah, so probably the easiest way to describe a broadleaf is looking at the veins of the plant. So if those veins branch out, like, like if a little kid drew a picture of a tree and uh, how those branches kind of fork off of each other. So if you look at the veins, uh, on the leaf of a broadleaf weed, they'll branch out in that same yeah. same way. I think that's kind of the easiest way to describe a broadleaf weed. And then the converse of that would be a grassy weed, which Correct. will have parallel veins. So the the veins of those leaves don't intersect. They just run all the way up and down the leaf. And so uh, what's interesting, kind of even in that, there's even some other things, like you would talk about uh, nutsedge, right? That's a really common weed that gets into a lot of lawns, which actually right. isn't a grass, but we would still call it a grassy weed because it has a similar look to a grass, but it, in in all actuality, it's a sedge, mm-hmm. which isn't a grass, but we're not going to get into that yeah. because <laughs> it's way more explanation than we really need. So, uh, so yeah, those are kind of, I would say, those are kind of the two big, like the main groups, right? Broadleaf and grassy weeds. And that really yeah. covers most of the things. I can't really think of something else that would fall into that that somebody would be dealing with. Uh, but then aside from that, we can kind of, parse it down a little bit more and we can go at look at uh what is a perennial mm-hmm. and what is an annual and um if you if you're not sure a perennial is a plant that comes back year after year right so uh you know a tree is a, a perennial uh uh i mean what would be a, what's a perennial weed chris i something like clover clover, clover yeah that's a, a good perennial one. weed yep Okay, so perennial weed means it comes back year after year. It doesn't die. has the life cycle of it continues year after year. Uh, and then an annual weed is one that goes from seed to uh, producing its own seed or offspring within one year, right? right. So that would be um, you know, something like purslane. Purslane is, yeah. yeah. Um, Spurge is one. Cheatgrass is an annual grassy weed, so that's a really common one. There is another one that uh, is a little, uh, you know, nebulous, I think, biannual, right? And so biannual does its life cycle in two years. So actually, a dandelion is a biannual. It takes two years for a dandelion to go from seed to flower. So anytime you see a dandelion that's in bloom, uh, it's probably at least two years old. Uh, so those are kind of the, the major groups that you would be dealing with when we're talking about weeds. And we want to know these things because it really helps us uh, come up with strategies to control those weeds. And so we're going to really parse that out over the next couple segments and talk about some of those ways that you can uh, control the different types of weeds that you have. So uh, to kind of finish this little section up, we got a few more minutes. I want to just talk about like, what do we like, uh, you know, when somebody has a weed and they, they don't, they're not sure what it is. They don't know if it's annual, biannual, perennial, or broadleaf or grassy. You know, a lot of times we encourage people to come in. Obviously uh, you can bring samples into the stores 
uh, during normal circumstances. Yes. And you, what what kind of things do you really want to have when somebody brings that sample into the store, Chris? What are the the biggest telling factors for you to help identify? Uh, so you want the complete plant, especially if they're bringing in grassy weeds. Right. I, I, I like to see the root. I like to see right at the crown. You need to see the whole blade. Because grasses are tough. They sometimes. are really tough. When I was in, difference. I remember being in school. Uh, one of my teachers was a. She had like a master's in grasses, and that's like kind of just telling. Like you can study a lot of different plants, but when it comes to grasses, like it almost has to have its own section because they are very different. And like you said, yeah, you got to have a lot of different identifying factors: mm-hmm. the roots, the crown of the plant the uh the the leaves and not only that how the leaves connect to the stems is very telling there's such little things about uh these different grasses that are very telling and then if there's a seed head on it as well it's the best thing to have which most of the time we get a mode sample in and and boy that makes it tough but yeah if it has a seed head on it that's that's the easiest way to tell. So, so what about a broadleaf weed? What do you really want with a broadleaf weed? Broadleaf, I think, is quite a bit easier. So a good, healthy leaf. But still, it's kind of nice to have some of the root with it. Just yeah, it can certainly be telling. Yeah, if it's, if you've got, like, you know, if it's got a tap root or uh, and especially a flower. I know there's a lot of times mm, where I've yeah. had something and I'm, like, looking at it and I'm like, man, I think it's this. But if I can see it flower... I would know for sure. (laughs) But that really uh, gives us a good idea, I think, of uh, starting to narrow it down at least. And there's a few things. I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I can tell really quickly if it's a broadleaf or if it's a a grassy weed, right? Those are very easy. Where it really gets tricky is starting to parse it down into a perennial or an annual. And those are two things that we really want to focus on over the next few segments and, and talk about the different strategies because we can do different things to control those types of weeds. So we're going to get into that here in a little bit. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. We are doing a pre-recorded show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm here today with Chris Owings, and we're doing a class, uh, or a class, we're doing a show all about weeds today. So uh, stick around for the next segment, and we're going to get into this and show you how you can control weeds in your lawn, your garden, your flower beds just a little bit better this year. We'll be right back. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and it's time to apply crabgrass preventer, grub control, and Zamzo's one-two punch to prevent problems before they happen. If you had crabgrass or billbugs last year, or chewing and sucking insects attacking your trees, you know how difficult it is to cure them, which is why it's time to apply Zamzo's crabgrass preventer, grub control, and the one-two punch before it's too late. But right now, the window is open to apply all these products with great results. But Zamzo's defense crabgrass control only stops crabgrass before it starts. The same is true for Zamzo's Shield Grub Control. And finally, for your trees and shrubs, Zamzo's One-Two Punch. It needs time to work. Which brings us right back to the importance of this message, which is simply to say it's time to apply crabgrass preventer and grub control to your lawn and the One-Two Punch to your trees and shrubs right now from Zamzo's. Because for 90 years, when it comes to the best products applied at the right time, nobody knows like Zamzo's. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on News Talk KBOI. And we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. With me today is Chris Owings. 
And uh, we are doing a pre-recorded show today, so we're not taking phone calls, but uh, please stick around. We're talking about weeds today, how you can control them, how you can identify them, how you can help us help you identify them and control them. Uh, so the next section we want to get into is uh, lawn, right? So I think... Uh, I think we kind of all have like three main areas in our landscape, right? We've got our lawn, we've got our flower beds, and we've got our gardens, right? So we're going to talk about those three items individually and just kind of lay out the different strategies and things you might encounter. So uh, when it comes to lawns, Chris, what are, would you say are like the most common weeds that pretty much everybody's going to deal with in, in, in Idaho? Nice. Well, I mean, everybody knows the dandelion. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely your most common um, mallow is another big one yeah. in the lawn, the buttonweed, and nutsedge, crabgrass, goosegrass, quackgrass, uh, quackgrass, <laughs> so yeah, many. Quackgrass, yeah. Spurge is one that's really common as well. Clover. Um, I mean, so there's just a ton of weeds, right? So, um, and a lot of them, you know, like I said in the previous segment, is uh, we can we can identify a good a vast majority of those types of weeds. Um, and the reason we want to identify is somebody comes in and says, I got weeds. Well, that's one thing. But, we, you know, we want to know, like, is it, a, is it a grassy weed? Is it a perennial weed? We want to know those sorts of things because it starts to help us narrow down how we're going to give you a strategy to get rid of them. Yes. And not only that, the other thing, and I want to kind of cover this first, um, when somebody has weeds, and this will kind of go for all, all of these sections, when you have weeds in the lawn, it's actually very telling. It's not just dandelions hate you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not just that clover really likes your yard. There's a lot of stuff that a weed tells us, and it, it actually gives us an indication that there's something else going on. So I was wondering, Chris, if you could kind of just go over, like, what, what when, you, when you see somebody has a ton of weeds in their lawn, what's the first thing that you would recommend? Yeah, first thing, well, first question I would ask him is how they're watering. Because most weeds really love water. Yeah. And your turf can actually go a long time without water. In fact, if it gets getting too much water, it starts to thin it out and just it, it opens it up for more weeds. So that's the first thing I ask is how much are you watering? And second thing is when was the last time you fed your lawn? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think those are both. Sp- you know, major factors in how you control weeds in your lawn. Like those are your first two defenses against weeds getting into your lawn is you've got to water properly and you got to feed properly. And mm. there's a few other things like taking care of the soil and doing those things. But those two things, I think really, if you can get those things in check or figured out, you can actually eliminate a lot of your weed problems just from doing that. You can. And, and mowing, mowing higher. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another good one. So I mean, th- yeah. So those three things, if you if we get those three things in 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 line, a lot of the weed issues begin to just kind of go away. They do. You can do that, and then give it a couple weeks to a month, and then and that's typically what I like to do is do those things, and then come back in about a month, and then reassess. Do you still have a lot of these weed issues? Because a lot of them will go away. So the two main things I think we want to talk about it when it comes to dealing with weeds in the lawn uh, is uh, whether or not you can use a preventer or pre-emergent or a post-emergent, something you would spray on, right? So mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to an annual weed, so the, the, I think the, the, the most common one we're going to deal with or see is crabgrass, right? Yes. Crabgrass is an annual weed, which means every year it dies. Um, which is another really common thing that happens. People will come in in you know March and say I have crabgrass. Well, 
You probably aren't seeing crabgrass then. You are seeing a grassy weed, but crabgrass doesn't actually show up till like June. So uh, when you're dealing with crabgrass, you can actually control it really well with a preventer, which is really nice. It's a pre-emergent. Uh, you apply it to the entire lawn, usually in the kind of March to April time frame, and you can control. You actually stop the seed from germinating and coming back into the lawn. So it's really easy to take care of all your crabgrass uh, problems with just that one thing, and that's really helpful. Uh, there's some other weeds that you can prevent throughout the year that way. Um, uh, goosegrass is one that's really common. Mm -hmm. Spurge is another is a broadleaf weed that you can use with a preventer. Uh, what's a what's another one? Oxalis is Oxalis. another kind of common one. Um, yeah. So those are those are common annual weeds that you can control in the lawn with a pre pre-emergent or a preventer. So the other thing you're going to use, uh, in it, aside from your feeding and watering and those sorts of things, is going to be what we would call a post-emergent. So this would be something like a spray or what a lot of people will try to use is a weed and feed. And we typically, I, I, I can't think of a time where I've recommended a weed and feed over no. the last, like, probably 15 years. I just, it's not one uh, that I ever have found to be super effective and it's just they're not you know the biggest thing with a, a a weed and feed is you apply a weed and feed just indiscriminately across the entire lawn and if there's mm -hmm. no weed there uh it doesn't do anything <laughs> you just used a bunch of chemical on nothing and right. so you're using way more chemical than you need and it's not feeding the lawn very well which was like we said one of your other big lines of defense is feeding the lawn really well mm-hmm and with a weed and feed, people putting it down now, it's too cold for it to even work. Right, yeah. yeah so it's not even effective. They're going to use the weed and feed chemical is uh, 2,4-D, which is mm -hmm. a very old chemical. Uh, it's been around forever, and it is very reliant on warm temperatures. So in the cooler part of the year, it's not very effective. On top of that, it's just not very good at killing weeds. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, it, uh, it'll control, like, your dandelions. It uh, will control... Actually, that's about it. It's, yeah, any I, weed that'll cup it and kind of catch it. Yeah, it, so it'll work on. Yeah, but like if you've got a clover, if you've got a, right. a bindweed, or you got a thistle, uh, it is not going to do any real control for those types of weeds. And so you would apply it, and you know you might get a little knockdown on your dandelions. You might wilt the clover. Uh, but honestly, in two to three weeks, those guys are going to be bouncing right back and you're going to have the same things there, which means you're going to have to use some other chemical. You're going to have to keep applying a chemical. So like we've uh, mentioned before, you want to feed the lawn really well. Give it some time so that the lawn can start to compete, raise your mower height, change your watering, and then use a post-emergent uh, or a, a selective herbicide, uh, something like our Ultra, and spot spray the lawn with where those weeds are, right? Because you get a, a concentrated amount on the weed itself and you're using less product over the entire area and you're controlling the weed a lot faster. You're going to be able to control it in one application a lot of times as opposed to two, three, or four with something like a weed and feed. So you can get rid of a lot of weed issues really quickly with the post-emergent. And the other thing about a weed and feed is you can't use it every week. With a spray, you could use that every seven to ten days. So you can really, on those tough weeds like a thistle, my gosh, I've probably fought thistle in, in my lawns forever. Uh, and you just have to be persistent. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. have to keep spraying it. And you can't do that with a weed and feed.
so those are kind of the things we want to think about when we're when we're dealing with the uh, the lawn weeds, right? So you're going to look at uh, preventers. We're going to look at post-emergence. We have uh, those in uh, uh, organic or non-organic. You really want to use a selective herbicide. That's really key. Don't use a non-selective. Non-selective means it kills anything. Selective means it will only kill the weeds that you're trying to kill. So those are that's how you're going to take care of uh, the weeds in the lawn. Uh, we are going to come back here in just a moment. We're going to talk about how to control weeds in your flower beds and how you can uh, just do that effectively and talk about a f- couple of different things. So this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm here with Chris Owings, and we are uh, spending the day talking about weeds, and we will talk to you here in just a few moments on the Zamzo's Garden Show in KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and it's time to apply your spring application of Zamzo's Lawn Food, one bag at a time or as part of our five-step annual lawn program. You see, now that the soil temperature is starting to warm up, many Treasure Valley lawns start to wake up and turn green. When that happens, thousands of people rush to Zamzo's to purchase their lawn programs all at the same time. But you can avoid the rush by stopping by any Zamzo's and purchasing your lawn program now. You'll get five applications of Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food for one low price. We store it for you, email or text you when it's time to apply each step, and even loan you a spreader to apply it with for free. It's time to apply step one of our five-step program now. And once you do, you'll have a beautiful green lawn weeks before anyone else. So this year, beat the rush and pick up your Zamzo's lawn program now at any Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including our Chinden store, which is Idaho's largest indoor greenhouse. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I am here with Chris Owings. We are talking about weeds today. This is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking calls today, but I hope you're enjoying the content uh, that we're talking about today. We're trying to help you get uh, get control of the weeds around your your, your, your your place, around your lawn, your flower beds, your, uh, your garden. And one of the things I wanted to really, uh, I want to emphasize this because I've been trying to talk about it more and more over the last few years but you know as we were talking about like what is a weed um there are some weeds that are actually really beneficial uh like clover for instance clover gets a bad rap right Mm -hmm. it gets into a lawn and people just don't like the way it looks but honestly clover uh is a nitrogen nitrogen fixing plant so it actually provides food to the rest of the grass and it actually mixes in with the lawn really well and there's a lot of people that mix clover in with their grass just because of those benefits and it can be very helpful for a lawn uh throughout the year the other one and and you know we we talk about it it's like the thing everybody wants to eradicate are dandelions but they're vitally important, I think, to the bee populations in our urban environments because as the bees wake up and they come out and they start to look for food, dandelions are one of the first things that start to bloom, and those bees need to feed right away as they come out of dormancy during the win- from the winter months. And so giving those bees some time to, you know, eat on the dandelions, uh, feed on those, and uh, without the threat of getting sprayed with a chemical, I think if you can, uh, if you can hold off 
you know, if just doing that little bit, hold off spraying your dandelions for, you know, a couple months in yeah. the early spring, you can really do a lot to protect our bee populations because they're very important for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the main one is pollination. They pollinate yeah. our plants and we need that. So it's very important. And it's swarm season right now. So yeah. you can keep on the lookout for those bee swarms. <laughs> it's just always frightening, but it's also oh, really it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, okay. So the next section we want to talk about is controlling your weeds in like your flower beds, right? So this is another area that, uh, in, you know, it's very common for people to have, you know, the lawn, they have a flower bed, they have a garden. So, uh, controlling weeds in the flower beds is, is, can be a challenge because you've got oftentimes a lot of other plants growing amongst them. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about the couple of different things that you can do there. So one of the big things I know that I always deal with is the grass growing into my borders. You know, like you got some uh, Kentucky bluegrass that likes to spread by a runner, and it kind of just keeps always creeping into my border uh, along the edges of my lawn and into my flower beds. Uh, and and that can always be that's always frustrating. You know, when you spend all this time getting that flower bed nice and pretty, and then all of a sudden some grass shows up, which is always you know it's just it's it's difficult to deal with, and it's something that uh, you know it's not fun. So uh, when it comes to grassy weeds, uh, what what do you usually recommend somebody do when they've got a grassy weed growing into their flower bed? Yeah, so I mean you got a few options. Personally, I, I mean every time I mow the lawn, I walk the flower beds for weeds. So grass yeah. is one of those, so I, it's not a huge problem if you do it every week. So I manually remove them with a trowel. Yeah. And just do it that route. Um, if it's gotten worse than that, then I'd usually recommend something a non-selective herbicide. And we have both natural and synthetic forms that you can spray. But you just want to be careful what's around it. So you might take a piece of cardboard or something and protect your beneficial plants and then spray along the border there. I think there's a, yeah, there's a good uh, kind of just concept to keep in mind there. Like when you come to uh, controlling weeds, there's like... <laughs> there's different levels of how much you're going to do each time you're going to control it, right? So if you've got a brand new bed, you might use something like uh, a non-selective uh, weed killer and just kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, nuke the area, right? You're going to just kind of control everything. You're starting from scratch. And yeah. that's, a you know, sometimes you need to do that, and, and that's True. fine. But it's not the thing you're going to do every single time. So once you've done that and you've done some other things, you've planted, you've done some other stuff in the, those beds, after that you start looking at the other ways you can start to control them hand control or like using a trowel or a hoe, uh, that is a very effective way to do it. And it only is uh, difficult to do if you're not doing it on a regular basis. So if you're you know, out there every day, like you said, Chris, if you're doing this every single time you mow, those weeds aren't given enough time to really take over. Right. It's, it's when it becomes, you know, uh, it's been a month and they're really taking over. Then it becomes a huge chore and it really sucks. And it's not fun to take <laughs> care of at that point. But if you do it every week, it makes it a lot easier. You know, you're doing a really small amount of work on top of your mowing and it really starts to take, uh, that, uh, that big chore and really parse it down into something that's manageable. And then, you know, again, if it, if you do kind of get behind, there are ways to kind of bring it back into what you said. And I think uh, there are a few different ways to control weeds in the, in the flower beds. Uh, when it comes to grassy weeds, like you mentioned, there are uh, selective herbicides that will just kill grasses. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got something like, 
you know, even your regular lawn creeping in a little bit, or you've got, you know, uh, quack grass showing up in there. Yeah. You can use some of these uh, grassy weed, these selective herbicides to control the grassy weeds. If you've got some other things like, uh, I mean, well, I mean, we always talk about dandelions, but if you got clover, you got uh, uh, bindweed is one that is constantly uh, just a struggle, or you got some thistles growing in there. You can use a non-selective herbicide, but you, like you said, you got to be careful about how you apply it, right? Because there's we, there's weed killers that will differentiate between a grass and a broadleaf weed, mm-hmm. but usually not both, right? If it's, It won't control both. So if it's going to kill a grass, it's going to kill a grass. No matter right. if it's annual, perennial, a grass you want or grass you don't want, it's right. going to kill grass. And the same goes for a broadleaf weed killer. If it kills a broadleaf weed, it's going to kill a, a shrub. shrub. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to kill a tree. So those things are still broadleaf plants and the chemicals can't differentiate between them. So you got to be careful when you use those things in your flower bed. So like you said, using a piece of cardboard, uh, taking a five gallon bucket and putting it over the plant you don't want to kill. You can, yeah. you can be careful about how you apply those things to, to spray in those areas. Um, but I mean, honestly, if you got like a bindweed, uh, you know, and it gets up into a plant, you're going to have to pull it out. I mean, yeah, there's really no other way to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's important to know that if they spray, it's not going to go through a root and kill your shrub. Sure, yeah, it's got to touch the leaf. So that that's right. what you're protecting is the leaf of the plant. Yeah, that's a great the- point. But there are some other ways to help kind of control weeds in your flower beds, and I want to kind of talk about those a little bit because they're actually very beneficial to the health of the plants as well. Uh, mulching. Uh, adding a lot of mulch to your beds year after year is very helpful and very good at controlling weeds uh, year after year. So I know we, uh, you know, I put a, about a two inches of compost over a bed that I've been working on for the last few years. I know it's something you do as yep. well. Put a big thick layer of compost manure on your beds, and it looks nice for one thing. And it does. And it also suppresses a lot of weeds, and it also does a ton of good stuff for the soil. So that's really great. Another good one is competition. Having other plants in that area that can outcompete those weeds can be very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like we've mentioned with lawn, uh, watering. Watering is very important. If you can control your watering, you know, isolating it to the plants that just need it, you can actually control a lot of different things just through that as well. So keep those in mind this year as you, uh, you know, you're working in the flower beds, add some mulch, add some, uh, uh, some competition, some more plants, and you can find you'll actually reduce a lot of your weeds without ever having to rely on a chemical. We're going to uh, come back for one more segment here in the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. This is a pre-recorded show, and I'm here with Chris Owings, and we will talk to you here in just a little bit on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and it's Berry Week at all 13 Samzos. Now is the perfect time to buy your strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, and raspberry plants at Zamzos, and for several very good reasons. First of all, the growers only produce a limited number of plants, and when they're gone, you can't buy berry plants until next year. Second, if you buy your berry plants now during Berry Week at Zamzos, you'll save 30% off the regular price. And even if it's still cold, it's not too early to plant berries, especially strawberries who do fine 
in cold weather. And speaking of strawberries, Zamzo's also has special strawberry pots that are not only beautiful, but will grow up to seven plants in one pot on your porch or patio. And during Berry Week at Zamzo's, all strawberry pots are on sale at 25% off. So this year, if you want to save money on your food bill, buy your strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, and raspberry plants now during Berry Week. Going on now at all 13 Zamzo's. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. Today with me is Chris Owings. Chris, thanks for taking some time out and hanging out with me, talking a little bit about uh, controlling weeds in the lawn. Yeah, you bet. Garden. Uh, this is a pre-recorded show, so we are not taking calls this week, but uh, we would love to talk to you next week. Or uh, you can always reach out to us on uh, our website, zamzos.com, or you can also send us questions and pictures if you have questions uh, on our Facebook page or any other uh, social media platform that you might use. Uh, so we've been talking about weed control this uh, today and uh, different ways to control weeds in different locations. Uh, the last uh, kind of area I want to really talk about is the garden. This would be like your vegetable garden, right? So it's another area. It's a big area that you have a lot of plants that you're taking, you know, immaculate care of and you're doing a lot of work for. And inevitably, you're going to have weeds. So we want to talk about some of the ways to control the weeds in that location safely and effectively. Um, and the first thing, uh, I think one of the kind of comes up every single year, you know, somebody will ask, what about a weed fabric? You know, like one of those uh, rolls of fabric that you would put down what do you typically think of those chris well yeah personally i i don't like them i i think you put them down and then the wind blows a nice layer of dirt right over the top of them and it has a perfect media just to start more weed seed and right. now it's three times as hard to pull but, <laughs> but that's that's my opinion i know other people that actually really like them yeah from, i've I've kind of had a similar experience, you know, even if you, you put down the weed fabric and then you, then you put compost on the top of it, you know, that's just a a new media for that weed to grow in. And and it just grows on top of the the fabric instead of underneath. So I, I've found that I, I just don't like dealing with those. Um, but I, there are some other things I, I do like to do when it comes to the garden. And I think uh, we want to be just aware that this, these are plants that you want to eat, right? When it's in the flower beds, it's a little different, right? Because you're not eating those plants typically. Um, and in the lawn, you know, you don't eat your lawn. You do walk on it, but you want to be aware of those sort of things. But in the garden, these are plants that you want to eat, and they need to be healthy. So you can't use a weed killer in your garden. And so you're really limited in the ways you can control uh, weeds in that location because any kind of herbicide, whether it's a grassy or a broadleaf weed, any of those chemicals, they're going to have an effect on your vegetables. And also you just don't want to have that stuff on the things you're going to eat. So it's just a good idea, in my opinion, to avoid really any chemical control in your garden. I don't Is that kind of how you go about it, Chris? It completely. Yeah, that's where the hula ho is my best friend when it comes to <laughs> weeds in the garden. Yeah, the hula ho is a really a great tool. It's you know kind of like your classic hoe, and except that it, except of having that spade on the end, it's actually got a loop, and the loop does a really great job of cutting through the soil and cutting the top of that weed off. And I found that you know just similar to how you take care of your weeds in your 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 flower beds, every mm-hmm. time you mow, you go back through and you start taking out any of the weeds you see. It's the 
same thing. You know, with a garden, chances are you're out there every single day and or every other day at least because you're just maintaining, you're just watching them and seeing what they're doing. You know, I always find it exciting to come home and like see what happened while I was gone. And, you know, in, if you do something like that, if you're, you know, excited to go out into your garden, uh, it's a really easy thing to just take your, your hoe or your trowel or whatever you have with you and just chop off any weeds that you might see. Just do that on a daily basis or every other day and it makes it a really easy process. You don't have to get down and pull them out and yeah. stress about it. It really uh, does. I mean, it literally takes a minute if you do it frequently. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and the nice thing about the garden, you know, the soil's you know usually a bit looser because you're working it and the plants are growing and there's a lot of microfauna in there. And so it makes it really easy. You got mulches and things like that. So it makes it really easy to go with that. There are a few um preventers you can use. Uh, I know some of the national brand chemical preventers do list use for gardens and that will prevent a lot of your annual weeds and that's really helpful. There is a really great organic solution to that as well and something like corn gluten meal. Mm -hmm. It's a very good organic weed preventer so it'll stop your annual weeds uh, from taking over or getting into there. Particularly I think uh, like with your grasses, you know, those are ones that like if you get uh, cheat grass in there, that's always going to be a hard one to deal with. And there's some others that can just pop up here and there. But remember, it's a preventer. So if it's a perennial weed, like we mentioned before, something that grows every year, it's not going to be stopped by a preventer. Um, So something like bindweed or your thistles or clover, those aren't going to be controlled by a preventer because they're already there. They're going to be growing. So you're going to have to go with your manual controls that way. But as as similar to the flower beds, using a lot of uh, compost or some sort of mulch is really beneficial to, again, inhibiting the weeds, but it also does a lot of good stuff for the soil. And I can never remember the name of it, but I know you know the name. What is it? So, you know, we talk about uh, using alfalfa uh, or Mm. uh, hay as your mulch in in your garden bed. Mm-hmm. I can never remember the what's the name of the stuff that, <laughs> that Tri- it does. Tricantinol. Yeah, so releases tricantinol. I, I don't soil. think I'm ever going to remember that name. There's <laughs> <laughs> something good in hay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what, so what does tricantinol do? I so, don't even remember. So it's a natural occurring growth hormone that I, I mean, it helps in root development, the the structure of the plant, and fruit development. So I mean, all aspects. It's, right. It's very beneficial. Yeah. And, and then alpha. the mineral pack in alfalfa too is huge. So getting those traces minerals back into the soil yeah and i think a lot mm-hmm. of people will hear you know you talk about you know putting alfalfa in your garden you think well man there's going to be a tons of weeds in there but actually when you put alfalfa down it's actually really it, it ends up being really thick and if a weed does pop up it's got to grow through all that alfalfa and by the time you see it it's going to be so weak and uh, just stressed out from how much work it's had to do to grow through the alfalfa that it'll be super easy to get rid of. Yeah, you know, super easy. You got your hula ho, even your hand. I mean, sometimes I've found I can just kick it a little bit <laughs> and it just pops right off, you know? <laughs> so yep. that's that's a really great way to just long-term control weeds in your, your garden space without using chemicals and also improving your soil and improving uh, the 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 benefits you get out of growing your own vegetables and uh, and plants in your own garden. So uh, let's see, what are some other ways that people can control weeds in their garden, Chris? What do you typically recommend? And again, on how they water. So if they use a, a drip system where mm-hmm. they're watering just the tomato or just the pepper, that drier soil is not going to germinate any weeds. So that that's a good way to do it. Or And then again, just watching how much you water. Most plants 
do well in a drought situation except weeds. Right. They love really wet. Yeah, and that's a and that's a really common thing. I think a lot of people think that we just need more and more and more water, but actually the plants that we are growing uh, they, they do really well, uh, when they don't, they have just enough. And mm-hmm. so that's a really good thing to talk, you know, just do. Uh, so with the last, uh, about minute here, I want to just talk about a couple of weeds specifically that are really common, uh, that we can kind of give you a, a few tips on how to control. First one I want to talk about real quick, goat heads. Goat mm-hmm. heads are just constant. We're always dealing with goat heads. They're a pain literally to deal with. And I think I've found over the years uh, watering a location that has goat heads will actually get rid of them. Goat heads are the exception to that. They love an Correct. arid, dry spot. And if you start watering that spot or you even put any amount of competition in there, they will just run away. They are not coming back. They don't like to compete and they don't like water. So those are great ways to do it. How about uh, bindweed, Chris? What do you recommend for bindweed? I, I would recommend moving. <laughs> <laughs> That's the classic joke. If you got bindweed, tr- just try moving. Uh, hope that the new place doesn't have it. it that, that's a tough one to control. It just it comes back. It seems like you're never going to get rid of it, but you really, if you stay with it, you be you're persistent. You'll start to beat it back, and you'll start to control it, and then it becomes a lot more manageable. And eventually, it can go away. But it's going to take some time. It takes some work. And I think really that's what it all comes down to when it comes to weed. Be persistent. Keep doing it. You're going to get control of them. And that's about all the time we have. I want to thank you all for tuning in today on the Zamzo's Garden Show. And we will see you next week uh, on KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and it's time to put down Zamzo's lawn food, plant grass seed, and to feed your trees and shrubs with Zamzo's Thrive. And even though it rained, snowed, and was cold most of March, it's April. And if you don't put down your lawn food, plant your grass seed, and feed your trees and shrubs with Thrive, by the time you get around to it, it could be too late. Which is why it's time to apply Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food, which is step one of the Zamzo's Lawn Program. But you don't have to be part of our lawn program to use our lawn fertilizer. You can buy it one bag at a time and apply it anytime you want. And April is the best time to plant grass seed. And Zamzos has a variety of grass seed to suit your exact needs. And now is also the time to feed your trees and shrubs with Zamzos Thrive so they have the nutrients they need to wake up strong and healthy. So what are you waiting for? Come see us now at Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you including our Chinden store which is Idaho's largest indoor greenhouse. Nobody knows.